Thank you for joining us today. God is true to his word. He takes care of his children. In all aspects of our lives, we must make godly decisions and trust him for the outcome. The ever-increasing deprivation in our secular society is unrelenting, yet we should not be surprised because God said these things would be. We must stand firm, always making godly decisions no matter what. Listen as Pastor Rander ministers to us with Bible, pen, and paper handy. 2 Samuel chapter 12, verses 10 through 12. Look what it says. Now therefore the sword, here are the consequences. Now therefore the sword shall never, man, that's tough, shall never depart from your house. It's going to be trouble all the days of, of your life from your family. Because you have despised me, David, and have taken the wife of Uriah, the Hittite, to be your wife. My friend, let me stop there. God does not play with adultery. That's right. You fooling around, hanky-panking around, flirting around, messing around with somebody that belongs to another man, another a woman. You're going to get yourself in a whole lot of trouble. If David didn't get a pass, what make you think you're going to get by? Why don't y'all say amen? And have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Thus said the Lord. And that goes for you who commit premarital sex and you're not married. You, you're going around here messing around, fooling around. And God is saying, I'm going to get you. And he's using this black bald-headed preacher to tell you God's going to get you. I don't see you. Your mama might be gone to be with the Lord. Your daddy gone. You may be off in the military, off in college. Or on some work assignment in another state. But God sees you. He sees that pornography. He sees that unholy mess. And he's going to get you if you don't repent and turn around. Verse 11. Thus said the Lord, behold, I will raise up adversity against you from your own house. And I will take your wives before your own eyes and give them to your neighbor. And he shall lie with your wives in the sight of this son. For you did it secretly. But I will do this thing before all Israel before the son. What's done in secret will be shouted from the rooftop. It'll be in the uh, newspaper, uh, Jerusalem newspaper. <laughs> Thank God there wasn't no internet back then. In other words, my friends, you shall reap what you sow. Second Samuel 12, 11 says, thus said the Lord, behold, I will raise up adversity against you from your own house and I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor and he shall lie with your wives in the sight of the sun. Galatians 6, 7 says, do not be deceived. God is not marked for whatever a man sows that he will also reap. Because David confessed his sins, his life was spared even though he experienced judgment from God. When you get in trouble with God, the quickest thing you need to do is to what? Repent. Repent. I'm going to tell you all something. Let me stop right now. I have a reverential fear of God's chastening hand. Now, some of y'all don't. You know why people can do some of the things they can do in church and in their lives and on the job and in their private lives? is because they don't have a reverential fear for God. If you ever had, how many of you ever had a, God, a God-sized whooping? God got you and you knew he was getting you and he reminded you of why he's getting. Let me tell you something. 
I have a reverential fear of God, and I don't want his whoopings because he don't whoop like mama whoop. He don't whoop like daddy whoop. You haven't been whooped till you've been whooped by God. Huh? Whooped by God. And David confessed his sins. 2 Samuel 12, 13 said, so David said to Nathan, uh, uh, I have sinned against the Lord. Some of you got too much pride to say that because you think you're not going to get caught. But he's, he went straight. He cut to the chase. I sinned against the Lord. God used Nathan to call out his sin. And David responded by saying, I have sinned. Uh, 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 she made me do it. And, and all that kind of stuff. No, I slipped God. No, uh, he, he didn't want to pass. He said, I, I have sinned and I, uh, against God. And Nathan said to David, the Lord also has put away your sin. Underline this. You shall not die. I believe David saved his life because he repented. Listen, you can save yourself. Now, you're already going to get a whipping. But you, but 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 your whipping don't have to be as hard if if you go on and repent. God God can God can lighten up and extend some mercy. I believe because David repented, he did not die. So Nathan told David, "You shall not die," because he said, "I have sinned against the Lord." Fourthly, uh, listening to the wrong voices clouds your decision making. Listen, if you want to make some progress in your life, if you want God to do a new thing with you, if you want to have a year like never before, if you want to excel in life and in the kingdom of God, you must be mindful of the fact that listening to the wrong voices cloud your decision making process. First Kings chapter 12, verses 6 through 11 and verses 16 and 17. Let's go there, if you will. Some of these passages may be pretty foreign to you. Read your Bible and keep on reading it. The Old Testament is full of truth. First King chapter 12, verses 6 through 11 and verses 16 through 17. It says, then Rehoboam consulted the elders who stood before his father Solomon while he still lived. These are elders, experienced, aged men of God who was with Solomon. And he said, how do you advise me to answer these people? And they spoke to him saying, if you will be a servant to these people today and serve them and answer them and speak good words to them, then they will be your servants forever. Verse eight. But look, but he rejected the advice of the elders which the elders had given him and consulted with the young men who had grown up with him, who stood before him. Verse nine. And he said to them, what advice do you give? Now he had to write advice, but he turns around and gets some bad advice from these young folk and his contemporaries. How should we answer this people who have spoken to me saying, lighten the yoke, which your father put on us, Then the young men who had grown up with him spoke to him, saying, Thus you shall speak to this people who have spoken to you, saying, Your father made our yoke heavy, but you will make it lighter on us. Thus you shall say to them, My little finger shall be thicker than my father's waist. 
Wow, look at that. My little finger shall be thicker than my father's waist. That's a proverbial saying that said, you haven't seen nothing. I'm going to crush you. I'm going to, I'm going to really come down on you. That was another way of saying that. And now, whereas my father put a heavy yoke on you, I will add to your yoke. In other words, I'm going to make it hard on you. You haven't seen the harshness of what I'm going to do. In other words, he was saying that my father chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scourges. Verse skip down to verse 16. Now, when all Israel saw that the king did not listen to them, the people answered the king saying, what share have we in David? We have no inheritance in the son of Jesse. To your tents, O Israel. Now see to your own house, O David. So Israel departed to their tents. But Rehoboam reigned over uh, the children of Israel who dwelt in the cities of Judah. Now I want to say something here. If Rehoboam, now you know who Rehoboam was? He was Solomon's son. Who came on the throne after Solomon? If Rehoboam had listened to the counsel of the elders who stood before his father Solomon, he would have been wise. But he sought foolish counsel by asking the young men who he had grown up with, which resulted in making a bad decision, ultimately causing the splitting of the kingdom. Because he sought the counsel of those with whom he had grown up with, uh, the kingdom ended up being split right here. First Kings 12, 19 through 20 says, so Israel has been in rebellion against the house of David to this day. Now it came to pass when all Israel heard that Jeroboam had come back, they sent for him and called him to the congregation and made him king over Israel. See, there's the split. You said you had 10 tribes to the north of Israel and you had Judah and Benjamin to the south. There was none who followed the house of David, but only the tribe of Judah only. And then, of course, uh, Benjamin ended up, the tribe of Benjamin came alongside and kind of defected. We are wise indeed if we see counsel from older, spiritually mature saints who possess wisdom from God. Rehoboam forsook the counsel of the elders and those who sat around the feet of Solomon for his contemporaries and his peers. First Kings chapter 12, verse 6 says, Then King Rehoboam consulted the elders who stood before his father Solomon while he still lived. For many years, the elders had been listening to King Solomon, the wisest man who had ever lived. Scripture says in Proverbs 13, 28, he who walks with the wise will be wise. And had he only stuck to the right counsel, listening to the right voices instead of the wrong voices, the kingdom would have not split. But the kingdom split simply because he received wrong counsel. And how many times have your home been split? How many times you've had problems on the job, uh, problems in your life, hardships, pregnancies, uh, disappointment in life, simply because you listened to people who were so believing to you at the moment, only to find out that that was the worst counsel you could have ever listened to. If you reject the counsel of the wise, you are destined to make bad decisions. That's right. 
If you reject the counsel of the wise, you are destined to make bad decisions. First Kings 12, 8a says, but he rejected the advice which the elders had given him. Children, if you're a child here, if you're a child here, uh, and your parent, if you, you're a child here and you're 18 years or younger, stand up. Stand up. If you're 18 years or young, I just want to see your face. Stand up and keep standing. Look at, look at me. Just look at me. Let's give them a big hand. Clap of praise. First of all. I got a statement for you based on this passage. Listen to me closely. Children, it is a dangerous thing to listen to the counsel of your friends and peers over your parents. It's a dangerous thing to, to do what your, my friend is doing it. My boyfriend is doing it. Matter of fact, you're too young to have a boyfriend right now. That's right. Do your homework. Do your math. Learn how to speak. That's right. Learn some discipline. Learn how to do your homework. Bring your homework home. Study. That's right. Be still. Listen. Don't, don't walk around pouting with rocks in your jaws. I can take you to Uganda where there are orphan children. Wish they could be where you are. Wearing the clothes you're wearing. And then you walk around like your parents owe you. Thank God. When is the last time you kissed your mom and daddy and told them, I love your mama. I love your daddy. I appreciate the fact that God gave you to me as wonderful parents. I'm blessed and highly favored for having parents like you. You'll make your parents fall on the floor. You may be seated. Let's give our kids a hand. You will make the right decisions and live the victorious Christian life as you consistently put the voice of God over the competing voices of this world system. You will make the right decision and live the victorious Christian life as you consistently put the voice of God over the competing voices of this world system. Acts 5.29 says, But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. And let me tell you something. The words of God in this culture does not make sense. That's right. You say, why are you doing what you're doing? The Lord told me to do it. What? And the Lord is not politically correct. That's right. The Lord is not secular. He's holy. And you can't get, you can't live the holy life listening to talk shows and, and foolishness and politicians who oftentimes lie through their teeth to get there. Well, they tell you up front otherwise, but you find out later on they're lying through their teeth. Politicians will let you down. But I know a God whose word will stand. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall stand. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than man. Number five, the decisions you make will either bring success or failure. Listen, the decisions that you make will either bring what? Success or failure. Some of you are failing because of bad decisions. Some of you are still in recovery to this day because of decisions you made 20 or 30 years ago. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 3, verses 23 through 27. This is a powerful, powerful passage. you got to look at it. Deuteronomy chapter 3, verses 23 through 27. The decisions you make will either bring success 
or failure. The passage says, then I pleaded with the Lord at that time saying, this is Moses speaking now. Oh, Lord, God, you have begun to show your servant your greatness and your mighty hand for what God is there even in heaven or on earth who can do anything like your works and your mighty deeds. I pray, let me cross, underline this, let me cross over and see the good land beyond the Jordan, those pleasant mountains of Lebanon. But the Lord was angry with me on your account and would not listen to me. So the Lord said to me, enough of that. Speak no more, Moses, to me of this matter. Go up to the top of Pisgah. My wife and I have been up there. And lift up your eyes toward the west, the north, the south, and the east. Behold it with your eyes. For Underline this. For you shall not cross over this Jordan. Underline that. For you shall not cross over this Jordan. Got some powerful things I want to say. Moses was called and commissioned by God at the burning bush when he was 80 years old. Can you imagine get a call at 80? Some folk want to, they want to go back and just kind of coast. But, but God calls him at 80 at a burning bush that wouldn't burn up. Moses led the children of Israel by miracles, signs, and wonders. Moses received the Ten Commandments from God. Moses was a very humble man. The scripture says in Numbers 12, 3, now the man Moses was very humble more than all men who were on the face of the earth. Moses, Moses, he was a friend of God and he spoke to God face to face. What an awesome privilege. Speaking to God face to face. The scripture also says in Exodus, in Exodus 33, 11a, so the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. They had a great relationship. He spoke to Moses as a man speaks to his friend. What a relationship. And yet God refused to allow him to enter the promised land because he rebelled against God and struck the rock instead of speaking to the rock to produce water. As commanded by God, because Moses failed to glorify God by taking him at his word in obedience before the people, he was forbidden by God to take Israel into the land of Canaan. He says, go look, Moses, but you're not crossing over. Wow. All of these experiences with God. He says, go look, but you're not crossing over. I got something I want to say to you. Refuse to allow people to cause you to become so angry that you rebel against God and misrepresent him out of your own frustration to your own detriment. You know, you can get so frustrated with people that you're leading, people or your children or your family or in the workplace as a boss, a supervisor, or in the military, you got rank over people and they can get so frustrating that you can fool around and frustrate yourself to your own demise and to your own detriment. Look at Deuteronomy chapter three, verse 26. A says, but the Lord was angry with me on your account and wouldn't listen to me. In other words, because of your rebellion, I got frustrated and I took matters into my own hand. Instead of speaking to the rock, I, I struck the rock and I stole God's glory. And I, and I missed the promised land on your account. 
listen, I'm not going to let you cause me to miss my blessing. I'm going to do what God says do. And I'm not going to miss my, God's best for me on your account. Won't y'all say amen? The people will mess you up. Secondly, when you are going, listen, when you are doing what God has instructed you to do as you give spiritual leadership at any level, you're, daddy's your priest of your home. Uh, mama's your influencer of your children. You're leaders on your job, many of you. You're leaders of Sunday school classes, leaders of ministries. It's not just about me. You got to realize people that you are in charge of, they're going to play games. Even you teachers, you've seen your students play games. They're going to play games. The people under you will have agendas. They will gossip. They will lie. They will foster discontent. They will outright rebel against authority. Maintain your spiritual composure and don't take their offense personally because ultimately they are not rejecting you. They are rejecting the God you represent. That's powerful, y'all. First Samuel 8, 7 says, and the Lord said to Samuel, obey the voice of the, of the people in all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you but they have rejected me from being king over them. In other words, God was telling Samuel, stop whining. Give the people what they asked for. And they're going to see down the road that what they asked for was foolish. They didn't reject you, Samuel. They rejected me. You just did what I told you to do, and they refused it, so they rejected me, God Jehovah. I got to say this, my friends. Thirdly, under this Don't allow the behavior of people to cause you to miss God's blessings. Don't allow the behavior, because people can act bad. People can go crazy on you. People can stink up the place. People can get beside themselves. People can smell themselves. Don't allow the behavior of people to cause you to miss God's blessings. It is possible to have a great career, It is possible to have a great ministry and not finish well. Let this be a lesson to us today. The scripture says in Deuteronomy 3.27, go up to the top of Pisgah and lift your eyes, uh, Moses, toward the west, the north, the south, the east. Behold with your eyes, Moses, for you shall not cross over this Jordan Though other people can misbehave and act rebellious and act a fool, those in leadership cannot. God holds those in leadership more accountable and to a much higher standard. What a sobering passage. The Ten Commandments from God. Walk with God. Friend of God. Communion face to face with God. The splitting of the Red Sea and walking across uh, on dry land. And yet it was Joshua who led the people 20 years and under into the promised land. Now Moses missed, as, as a matter of fact, the scripture also says, I'm just adding this in for as a footnote. You know, the people didn't bury Moses. God buried Moses. You say, why did God bury Moses? Because he didn't want the people to know where his body was. Why? 
because they would have dug it up and made a shrine out of him. Or they wouldn't have buried him. They would have just fixed his body up and worshipped him. And so God buried Moses, his servant. And let me tell you something, but the scripture also says, even though he did not make the physical promised land, (laughs) he made the heavenly promised land. Huh? Because on the Mount of Transfiguration, there he was (laughs) with the three. It was God and, and Moses and uh, I believe Elijah, and they were up there, and they were communing. So even though he missed the physical promised land, he made the heavenly promised land. And let me tell you something. You act up, you get beside yourself, you don't want to follow God's word, you want to have it your way, you wreaking havoc in the church, God knows how to dismiss you from this life and take you home to heaven prematurely because you're in Christ. And he can take you home prematurely so that the church can move on and be the church because you're getting in God's way and the way of the saints. And all God's children said, and Father, we thank you for this message. We love you, we bless you, and we worship you. Father, may we learn lessons from Moses and Rehoboam, and David. Father, help us to know today that all of our lessons don't have to be hard learned. We lose when we say we belong to God, yet do not do the things he says. When we surrender our lives, we are saying that we willingly live in total submission to him. Jesus willingly suffered and died for us, thereby paying for our salvation in full. We must stand on the promises of God no matter what the cost, because in the end, we will inherit eternal life free of charge. The price has been paid in full. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.